So from Hafiz, the gift, we'll read, I'll go all the way to the back. Integrity. Few have the strength to be a real hero, that rare man or woman who always keeps their word. Even an angel needs rest. Integrity creates a body so vast, a thousand winged ones will plead. May I lay my cheek against you? Yeah. I think a lot of them have been taken away. <laughs> Yo, do the Halloween one. <laughs> Many of you have heard over the years when we describe the different levels of consciousness. And I'm just putting this out here for a visual representation. And I know we have someone new today, too, so you have an idea as we go into discussion today. Um, but just in a simple form, we have the physical level, the astral realm or the realm of imagination, the causal realm or the realm of emotion, the mental realm, the realm of mind, the unconscious realm, or we call the etheric realm, which is really just a great void between the realms of time and space and that realm of spirit. And in that first level of spirit, we have the realm of soul, which is an individualized spark of God. And then as the soul moves higher and higher back towards the source and merges into the oneness, that's what we could call God or spirit in its greater oneness or the ocean of loving we often like to refer to. And all this stuff down here <laughs> was a description we gave a while ago of the stick figure right here. Actually, it's a one-eyed smiley face. <laughs> we were talking about the third eye or the spiritual eye in truth, not even the third eye, where we hold our focus in meditation to wake up to the spirit here in the physical. And in that journey, we talk about the journey of spirit or the pathway of sound and light that we're teaching here in ILM, that journey through all the realms on up to our own soul, this kind of funny face here, and into the greater oneness of spirit. So I just wanted to give a quick synopsis, um, again, for the reference points of that greater journey that we're doing here in ILM and also the journey in meditation of waking up to the truth of who we are through all the different realms. And the beginning of the journey is right where we find ourselves. There are souls that are in these other realms of spirit that don't have bodies right now. So what do they do? They start right where they find themselves. Those of us that are in the physical body, what do we do? We start right here, right now, right where we're at. And in this journey of spiritual awakening, you get what you focus on. So what do we want to do but focus on spirit? And so the spirit of truth in its greater awakening in the physical is right here at the seat of the soul, that place above the eyebrows, often called the spiritual eye, the tenth door, the upper room, the window to the soul, 
I know we think of the eyes as the windows to the soul. They're not. It's above the eyes, above the eyebrows. The spiritual eye is the window to the soul. These eyes are the windows to the mind in the lower realms. So be aware of these things. These are a lot of details, but it's important to even pay attention to the details because in the details is where we can either get lost and distracted or we can begin to discover and learn the truth and that's important on this journey, is discernment. To really come to understand and know the greater truth of spirit that we are seeking or the reflections of spirit into the manifestation or creation. <clears throat> and a simple way to look at it is what are we looking at? Are we looking at creation or the creator? Pretty simple. The source or the expression? The unmanifest or the manifest? Inwards and upwards, down and out. Pretty simple. And it's good to keep it that simple. But in here, of course, what do we do? We go into all the different details because that's what the soul is experiencing in its journey through all these different realms, through all these levels of consciousness, let alone just this physical body and what we go through here. But the journey of the soul through all the different levels of consciousness and all the experiences that the soul goes through, there's a lot of detail, a whole heck of a lot more than what we could even ever begin to talk about physically in this dimension. So just remember that. I know over the last few years, Jim and I have even been simplifying more and more in ILM so that we really come to that greater one-pointed focus on just the movement of spirit, the movement of loving. Because we know that as Gemini can hold our focus there, that it can support you and also coming into holding your focus to really wake up to that greater flow, that greater truth of that oneness, rather than all the details and the complexities of the mind, the emotions, and the body. But, having said all that, we also go into the details because that's where we, the soul, have gotten caught up in the creation. Where we, the soul, have gotten caught up in the creation. So how do we help release ourselves from the creation? Well, that's what we do here. That's why I just said we talk about it. Because in the talking, what does that do? It begins to bring awareness to that which we, the soul, are caught up in, in all the complexities of the world of mind, emotion, imagination, and body. Sometimes all we have to hear is one word or a phrase that all of a sudden, in hearing that, it all of a sudden opens this door and the light goes on and there is a recognition of like, oh my God, that's it. What you just said is the thing that has been holding me back, that I've been caught up in, that I've been judging, that I've been fearing that I've been holding on to. I've been not wanting to let go because I don't know what else there is or what to do or what's next. So we hang on. And that hanging on is what, in a sense, keeps us asleep, keeps us from really waking up to the greater truth of spirit, of the divine, that is in all of creation. Again, 
looking back at the creator rather than the creation. But it's a process, and that is the journey. The soul is on a journey of experience to get caught up in all of this, to get into the creation, to experience the movement of life in all levels. And so we do. So here as we incarnate into this physical body, we're born, as we call it here, the body is given life. What gives the body life? Well, in the beginning, it lives in the body, in the mother's body, right? The physical body. So that mother's spirit is giving life to that which exists in her womb. And isn't it interesting, even as the baby or the physical body is born and comes into this world on its own, there's still that umbilical cord that has been feeding it. Not only physical nourishment, that's just the physical level of life. But I'm speaking of that which truly gives life, the spirit of life. Because without that, there would be no life to this physical body, to this physical universe in any way. Not just as humans, as animals, as plants, as minerals, as the ethereal. That which gives life to it all. But we, that individualized spark, that are on the journey of the individual expression in the greater creation. That's more the journey that we talk about here. Because in that journey of consciousness, it is the soul that is coming into the knowing of itself, the I am, the I am that is divine. And it is through the experience that it comes into that greater knowing of self. And so, as we, the soul, come into this human body, this human kingdom, well, with this body comes, well, they do call it a higher advanced form than other forms of life, right? Why is that? Because with this body comes the opportunity of awareness of self, where we, the soul, can come into the knowing of I am, even in this physical consciousness. And that opportunity doesn't exist in the other life forms. In the minerals, the plants, other forms of animals, those are all movements of expression of the soul's journey in coming into and towards that last leg of the journey called the, the human body in which the soul can now fully wake up and know itself as divine, as the I am presence that it is. So in this physical body, we have an opportunity to truly wake up to that greater knowing of spirit that we are. But what do most of us do, at least maybe for a while in the beginning? We begin to look at spirit out there, the spirit in you, the spirit in a rock, the spirit in plants, the spirit in animals, the spirit of God out there. So we're always still looking out there to find that spirit that we're talking about, that's talked about everywhere. That's part of the condition here. Not just in this human consciousness, but in the physical realm. This realm of time and space is a realm of reflection. And how do we learn? 
by looking at the reflection and seeing in the reflection, we begin the process of now seeing ourselves. But how long does it take for us to get it? We're always looking out there, and it appears out there, separate from ourselves, out there, out there, out there. But there will be a day where we come to realize out there is that mirror that is reflecting back to us the greater truth that is in here. And when that time comes, there literally is a shift, a turning in our consciousness where we turn around and look within instead of looking out. But we turn around and begin to look within ourselves to see where that reflection is coming from. My God, what is this reflection? What the heck is it reflecting? So we've got to begin to backtrack, to turn around and go back towards that which we've come from so that we really begin to wake up and see that which is being reflected. That's why we call this journey one of direct experience. And what we're doing here in meditation is that turning in our consciousness where we, the soul, stop looking down and out into the world. That's why we even close our eyes for meditation. And we begin to turn around and look in and up to go into the direct experience of that truth of spirit rather than just living the reflection out here. Always putting our energy out here, putting our creativity out here, putting our loving out here. It's time to now turn that around and put the loving in here. Bring the creativity inside and upwards to wake up, to know that greater truth that has even created the reflection, to come to know that. And I want to say something here. You know, these classes that we're teaching, those of us especially have been coming over and over and over for years, we can kind of get in a rut, just sit here going, yeah, class is nice, it sounds wonderful, and ooh, that sounds interesting. Well, guess what? If we're just coming to class for that reason, that's all we're going to get out of it, something interesting. Jim and I are here not to just entertain. We're here to talk about the truth of life. The realness of it. We're talking about life and death. Truly life. But I'm saying death here because at the moment I'm talking about this process in the physical world. This is real stuff. This is real life. It's called get real. This isn't about entertainment. Although I got to admit, it certainly can be entertaining all the things that life has to offer. Inwardly and outwardly. But to truly wake up to the spirit of life, the source, is when we really have to begin to get real, let go of the entertainment and the reflection in the world, and begin to get real. And how does that often happen? When we are presented with a life and death situation. I don't know anything greater than that that shakes us up to finally really take a look at what life is because now death is looking at us and we're looking at death. That's when we really begin to get real and wake up. 
Sure, there's other things, you know, like relationships, getting into one, breaking up, getting out of one, getting a new job, leaving a job. Yeah, there's all those things too. But I don't know anything greater that will really change our focus inside at life itself than that confrontation with what we call death in this physical world. Whether it's our own or somebody else's, our own's always going to do the most. But it can be somebody else's, especially if they're very close to us. It's when it really begins to shake us, to look. And that's where I see the wonderful blessing in the passing of life from this physical world to the next. That can be the greatest experience, to be moved in that way, to really begin to look at the realness of life itself, of being born and dying of this physical body. I mean, come on. We got to be honest. Where did the life come from that gave this body life? And where does it go when the body dies? What, what the heck's going on? What is this? That's why it's called Get Real. On one level, I say it's not a game. On another level, it is a great game, an amazing one. But we usually don't lighten up and take it that way until we really wake up and realize the greater truth of the way it is. So look at these things. Begin to look and be, get more real with your life now before one of those major life-transforming events takes place, such as death, so that when it does come, you really have the greater picture and understanding within yourself because of the way you've been living now, rather than waiting until that day comes, and it's a shock. And so, what are we doing in meditation? In meditation, we are on that journey of looking at the truth of life, the fullness of life, not just physically, but on all these other realms. Waking up to the truth of what life itself is, not the expression of life, but life itself, that spirit that gives life to all expression. That's really the journey we are doing in meditation is waking up in truth, in realness, in direct experience. Not just fun and games, not the reflection, not just talking about it, but doing it so that we come to know for ourselves so that we don't just exist but we truly live. Because when that day comes, and it will for every one of us, that this body is going to go. It's just so funny to watch man always trying to prolong it, prolong it, eternal life. Sell my soul to the devil. Take this medicine. Take this nutritional supplement. Anti-aging medicine. A few years ago, I remember Jim shared once, why do they have to call it anti-aging? Why can't they just call it aging gracefully? 
That's really the truth. You can't stop it. Life doesn't stop. It's eternal. It continues on and on and on forever. Sure, not this physical body, but hey, I like that big universal recycling program called reincarnation or reembodiment. That one showed up in my meditation this morning. Universal Recycling Program, URP, ERP. <laughs> you know how we like those acronyms, ERP. That's right, just belch it up again. Here's another body, here's another experience. <laughs> Boy, this tastes familiar. <laughs> Ooh, dinner all over again. That's right. That's what karma is. Dinner all over again, just in another body, in another place, another time. That's where it's good to have the humor and lightness, because that's the truth. But sometimes to get to that humor and lightness, we got to get real and serious of what's really going on here. All I'm saying is that if you can begin to get real with yourself before those really traumatic type of situations show up, and Jim and I have heard so many of you that are doing that, that when those life-changing events show up, you handle them completely different than you would have ever or have ever done in the past because you are more aware of that truth of spirit in and through it all regardless of what happens to the physical level. And that's a nice place to be in. Then it's not such a crisis to the consciousness because we're living more in the spirit that is giving expression to this consciousness rather than living in the consciousness and caught up in it. When we're caught up in it and living in that is when we are shaken to the core. But that's not a bad thing either because that's often what it takes to get us to wake up and pay attention to what's really going on. It's just nice to have it easier but to make it easier, we individually, each of us, need to really do the inner work. And what's the inner work? Loving. It's not even work. The part that feels like work is when we're always struggling with everything that's not loving. That's what feels like work. But it's really just being in that movement of loving and in that the struggle, the work, begins to transform because we are no longer focusing into it, struggling with it, caught up in it, but rather now just turning our attention and living in that spirit of loving. And when we live in that, we just flow with it because it has a movement that is unhindered by anything. It's only we in this consciousness have hindered ourselves by getting caught up in other things. So all we have to do to unhinder ourselves is simply get caught up back in the spirit. And so we simply have to turn into that and move our consciousness into that greater freedom and flow, that river of loving. And that's what we're doing in meditation. That's what the hue, that sacred name is for. That's what the initiation, the unspoken names, is that greater turning of our own consciousness and meditation 
to get caught up in the greater truth of life rather than the outer reflection and the expression of it. So simple. But man, oh man, all the details and all the fears and all the judgments and all the mental constructs and belief systems and emotional reactions and disturbances and fantasies and romanticies and the imagination. And that's not even the body. But that's why I even started the meditation today the way I did. By saying, close your eyes, go within. Be aware of what's going on. And I didn't say go to spirit right away. I took a few minutes to get to spirit. Be aware of what's going on inside of you, physically, imaginatively, emotionally, mentally, so that you know what you're doing, that you know where you're caught up, that you know what your process is, what your journey is. And then... Keep simply expanding that awareness until you really rise up into the spirit of who you are so you also know that and begin to give that greater dominion in your life on every level. Because when you give that greater dominion and importance in your life and you get real, get serious about it, is when your life truly transforms and in that transformation, it handles all the complexities and details. It handles it. Because loving always draws loving to itself. So you, the soul that are loving, as you go into loving, it draws you and all that you've placed, your loving that you've placed into creation, as you now place it into loving, the loving will withdraw that out of the creation unto itself. That's the journey of liberation, where we liberate ourselves by focusing and moving into the loving, so the loving releases and lets go of the creation and can return to the creator. That's what meditation is. That's what we're doing in meditation. And that's the simplicity, is just focusing on the loving. We don't have to go in there in our minds, our emotions, our imagination and body, and try to release all these things, try to change all these things. All we have to do is turn around and focus into and do the loving, and automatically that releasing takes place, the changing takes place, the transformation, the freedom, the liberation, because that's what loving does. Loving itself in its true nature is freedom, always has been, always will be. All we have to do is step into the freedom. And in this world, it's also called be patient because we can live the freedom inside, but then it can take time because we're in time and space. It can take time for that freedom now to filter through all those other levels of consciousness so that we, the soul, can also begin to live more freely through the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body. To have that greater freedom on all the levels. So it's important to remember that. That's why it's called meditate daily and consistently, day by day, over 
a long period of time, hopefully till that very last breath on this level, because then the greater breath of life, the breath of spirit, will then move us into what's next on another realm of creation or maybe even beyond. If we have done our homework and have woken up fully to the soul that we are and then the soul's greater oneness in that ocean of loving with God, when we wake up to that, then we have set ourselves free from that great universal recycling process But until we wake up, the soul is still on that journey, that cycle or circle of life. Call it whatever you will, ERP, reincarnation, reembodiment, simply experiencing life after life after life, the soul moving into those vehicles to have experience in this world. It's just a journey. It doesn't even matter how long we do it. It's just when that time comes, when we feel the inner tug, the inner call, the inner pull, that we want something other than that continual process of embodiment and after embodiment, that we begin to choose the way out by going within and waking up into that greater oneness and fullness of life itself. When we do that, we have learned all the lessons of experience in the physical, the astral, the causal, the mental, and the unconscious, so we wake up fully in the spirit. That is the journey. So there's nothing evil, bad, or wrong about it. It's just the journey through it all to learn what it is through our experience. And so the spiritual journey is one also of learning through our experience by going into it to have the experience. And it says we go into it over and over and over, just like reincarnation, over and over and over. We meditate over and over and over to keep going into that flow of loving because it's through repetition and time after time after time, experience after experience after experience, do we really come to understand and wake up to the greater fullness or oneness of it all. So make it easy on yourself. Don't have expectations of it's going to be great because what happens then? We'll often set ourselves up for a disappointment when something bad happens and it's even worse than what it really is. Don't even have expectations. Just go inside into the loving and let the loving unfold you and let it be whatever it is and however it continues from day to day, moment to moment. Just let it unfold and live in the loving. And the loving will bring you through the highs and the lows and even the highs and the lows then will all be wonderful because you're doing them in loving. The river of life itself brings the soul through the journey. All we have to do is open up and allow it to, to get in the river, to present ourselves, to give ourselves the opportunity to let it unfold. That's where we talk about letting go. 
What are we letting go of, though? The mind, the emotions, the imagination, the body. Are we actually letting go of those things? Or are we simply inside of ourselves letting go of the expectations, the judgments, the fears, the attachments? So what is it we're really letting go of? Maybe it's both. But maybe to get free of it, we simply have to let go of the inner process rather than trying to get rid of the outer. Just simply let go inside. Let me put that in a practical way. I know from time to time we all have our different relationships in the world. I can't tell you how many times Jim and I have been asked, well, should I get in this relationship or should I get out of this relationship? Whether it's a job or work relationship or a partner in life or whatever it is. We'll just say a partner in life, be more specific. Well, let's see. Do I get involved in this relationship or do I get out of this relationship? Now, where was I going with this? I'm lost. What do I do? Oh, my God, do I, if I get involved, do I get more attached and get caught up in karma? Or do I not do it so I don't get attached or caught up in karma? But then when I hear you guys talk, you say, go participate in life, have experience so you learn and grow. So do I get involved in the relationship so I learn and grow? Is that how I get free of my karma? Is that how I get detached? So I'm talking about a little of the inner, but yet where's the focus? It's about out here. Do I get involved with them or don't I get involved with them? That's not the relationship. The relationship is not out here with this other person out here. The relationship is inside. That journey inside of you. What are you doing inside with what's going on out here? Is it really about if you're with them or not with them? Or is it really more about, well, what are your expectations? What are your fears? What are your wants? What are your needs? What are your expectations? That's the real relationship, is what's going on inside of you, no matter who it is out here, no matter what it is out here. And that you can't get away from. That's one relationship you cannot avoid or deny, run away from. Sure, we'll try to do it out here. We'll try to avoid, deny, run away from out here. But yet it never stops ceasing to exist inside ourselves. Better off we begin to look and to participate in that inner relationship with ourselves and begin to learn and grow through those inner dynamics. And then in that learning and growing that we begin to love that relationship, that we begin to love those inner dynamics, that we begin to love ourselves. When we can begin to love ourselves inside of ourselves, that's when we'll see the outer transformations that we're looking for in the world. Well, should I or shouldn't I? There won't even be a question when you have it inside. 
There will simply be a living it inside, and then the outer will just unfold naturally. That's how you make life easier on this journey. But the ease comes in when you're willing to look inside at what's going on inside of you. And no longer run or avoid or deny or ignore it, but to look at it, to participate with your own thoughts, with your own feelings. Yeah, some of us, we've had people say, well, if I meditate all the time, especially 10% of the day, you guys recommend. Isn't that an excuse or avoiding of doing my life? Yes, it depends on one's perspective. But no, because if we really want to do life in its truth and its fullness, that's how we do it more, by spending that greater amount of time in meditation focused on spirit and loving. Yeah, but you know why I go and meditate? Because I'm trying to get away from all these uncomfortable thoughts and feelings and things I don't want to do in my physical life. I did that for a few years. That's why I was doing three, four, five hours a day rather than just the two and a half. But at the same time, because the focus was on waking up to spirit, that in that there does take place that greater understanding and knowing. And when the time comes, then we will begin to now look at all those mental, emotional, imaginative, and physical processes. This is the good news. When you go to God first, when you do the meditation first, you focus on the loving first, you go into the loving, then even all those things you didn't want to look at, you wanted to avoid, ignore, deny, well, guess what? Ultimately, you can't. But the good news is, when you do the loving first, go in meditation and love God and let God love you, then when that day comes, you do now turn and face and look at all those things inside of you, all those relationships inside of you you've been wanting to run away from. That then you've been waking up to the loving. So guess what? When you now look at all these things inside of you, you're looking at them in loving. What did I say earlier? Loving in its nature is freedom. So when you look at these things in loving, where are you looking from? A place of freedom. So what happens also when we look at things? We give our attention. Well, what is our attention? It is the consciousness that we are, the soul is the part of us that is, I am aware. I am aware of what is going on inside of me. And what is the soul? It is loving. So I am aware, I am loving what is going on within me and all around me. That's why you hear Jim all the time, God first and God only, because guess what? When you wake up to the godness that you are, and then you look just for the God in all things, what is that really saying? You're living the loving, and you're living the loving not only in yourself, but in all things. So even then, even all these mental, emotional, imaginative, and physical processes, 
we're looking at them and living them and loving. And so we begin to get the freedom rather than the attachment and getting caught up in a struggle. This is how we let go. I like to turn that around instead of let go, let God. Let God and then let go. Because automatically when you let God, there's really nothing to let go of because you're doing God. And it happens automatically. Yes, it sounds that simple, but when I'm doing it, Brian, it's never that simple. There's always a struggle anyway. That's right. You know why? Because you're not fully awake yet, and there's still the process of awakening. And that, uh, that awakening, we're walking through all of life experiences on all these different levels that I've been talking about. I don't want to keep repeating them. So many, let's see, mental, emotional, imaginative, physical, unconscious. It's through that repetition, though, is how we learn. But what do we do? Every time we hit a tough spot, a challenge, we may fight with it for a while or try to run from it, but those of us that are really walking this pathway of spirit eventually turn inside and really begin to practice and do this loving journey that we speak of here. And what do we find? When we really go into loving, doesn't it really transform what does take place in life? I know it does. Many of you know it does. And if you don't, find out. Find out. Because that's what this is about. It's about you finding out. So that you really wake up and live it for yourself. So come to know what that is for you. Truly do the meditation. Do the loving. Live it. Don't leave it in meditation either. When you're done with meditation time, keep meditating all day long. In other words, keep loving all day long. And live that loving in every experience. Let it live you. And see how it does begin to transform your inner. And then just enjoy how the outer unfolds. But don't look to the outer. Live the inner and just let the outer do what it does. That's how you get spiritually free. And I know that because I live that. And I still have to go through, Jim still has to go through all these processes in the world like any of us here. But we know the truth of spirit and live that freedom of loving within ourselves through it all so we are not caught up in and have to keep walking. I like that one. I see that repetition. Universal recycling process, ERP. See, I'm learning repetition, repetition. You live above the big recycling program. You live in freedom of spirit. And it does take time. So give it the time, day to day, in the years that it takes to fully awaken so that you really know the truth. And if you think you know it, but you're not sure, don't stop. Keep going. This is not a game. It's not do you know the answer or not. It's are you living the truth or not. It's not about getting the answers. 
It's about living the loving. This isn't a game of hide and seek. This is a game of waking up and loving. This isn't a game of finding the best relationship in the world or the best job or making all the money. This is a game of life, of spirit, of knowing. All that other stuff unfolds so. But guess what? If you're approaching this pathway of waking up the spirit to find the answers of how to do your physical life, it ain't going to work that way. Because the focus is in the physical, not on spirit. You're asking God to give you the answers. This is the journey of going to God, and that really is the answer. And when you do that, all those other answers you are wanting and looking for anyway in your physical life, they just unfold naturally as part of the process. They really do. But realize how you're approaching your meditation, why you're approaching it, what it is you're really seeking. What is it you want? Because it does make a difference. You want to make it easier? Have God and God only. You want to make it harder and longer? Have all these other desires and prayers and wants and needs and ask God to help you out? Well, you may get the help. It's just going to take longer. That's all. Because eventually, even in that journey, we begin to realize through the repetition over and over when things aren't working. And so we begin to look for the way they do work. And then we begin to participate with that and realize the difference. When we realize the greater truth, So find that. Discover that for yourself and begin to live it more and more. Stop looking for the answers and simply go into the beingness and be the loving and see how that answers every question you could ever have. 